This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. Assalamu alaikum, halawala, and welcome to Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. Diamonds might be a girl's best friend, but more and more, the question is becoming mind or lab-grown. Synthetic diamonds are set to disrupt the $82 billion diamond industry, but at a fraction of the cost, do they hold the same magic of naturally created stones? In just a moment, we'll be taking a closer look as I'm joined by Amish Shah, CEO of Alter Created Diamonds. That's next here on Life Beats on Pulse95. Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. There is a lot of talk about lab-grown diamonds disrupting the jewelry market. So today we are taking a closer look at created diamonds to see how they stack up with the natural ones with the CEO of Alter Created Diamonds, Amish Shah. Amish Shah, welcome to Life Beats. Thank you. This is uh, super interesting. Um, When I heard that you were coming to the UAE, I thought... I really need to talk to this guy because um, <laughs> it's interesting. Something that you said to me is uh, that created diamonds are just 1% of the market, but you guys are 99% of what we talk about in the news. That's and it's so true. That's very, very true because it's a disruption that's coming to the marketplace. In the last 100 years, when you think about jewelry, outside of designs, there's really never been a change. And today, the ability for today's girl to pick a diamond of her choice, walk into a store, and wear the size of her dreams is the change that's coming. And that's what Created is driving. This is uh, very interesting uh, because there's so much debate around uh, the uh, natural mined diamonds and the lab-grown diamonds. So uh, for all of us, uh, this is something that I've been looking at for a few years now, but for, for the rest of us who are kind of looking at this going, are they the same thing? What on earth is a lab-grown diamond? What is the difference? Let's start from the beginning. What is a lab-grown diamond? It's a diamond. It's a diamond the same as a diamond that is naturally mined. Absolutely. An alter-created diamond is everything a diamond can be, only better. Uh, all alter-created diamonds are type 2A. And for the listeners that actually think, so what is type 2A? Type 2A is the purest known crystal found in Earth. It is less than 2% of the world's diamonds today. And every diamond we grow is a type 2A. And when the list, you know, a lot of times the question is, so is it real? And, you know, this, this question has been the biggest debate or the point of skepticism at the trade level, at the consumer level. But the beauty is that the moment the knowledge comes through that this is just the same, only better. Um, It's grown above the earth, while the other ones mine from below the earth. Okay, so uh, let's take a look at this, uh, because for natural diamonds, mine diamonds, we're often told to look at the four C's, clarity, cut, carrot, and color. Okay, so let's take a look at those four categories when it comes to a lab-grown diamond and how that compares to a naturally mined one. So let's talk about um, uh, the the clarity, first of all. As you said there, 2A, type 2A. So how does that stack up with 
with normal diamonds, with mine diamonds. So something interesting that you just said I would like to correct is, uh, I don't want to do it on the first one, but I said, you know what, now I got to say it. (laughs) Um, The Federal Trade Commission, which is governing body in the United States last year, passed a ruling that the word natural no longer is affiliated with diamonds. Wait, okay, so how, how are you supposed to differentiate between the two then? So one is an earth mine diamond. Okay. And the other one is a lab-grown or a created diamond, just like an alter-created diamond. All right, that's how we'll refer to them. So you've got the mine <laughs> and you've got the lab-grown or created yeah. diamond. And that's okay. the, and the big reason they did it is because in every possible way, it was a diamond. Yes, in the 50s when the word was coined as natural diamond, uh, this wasn't there. And, you know, technology has advanced today to bring it out there. Now, coming to the part of, uh, you know, when we talk about the four C's of the diamond, their characteristics in terms of the cut, the shape, the color, the clarity. Type 2A stands about all of them. It's actually the crystal itself, the diamond itself. Uh, 2A is the purest known diamond crystal. And what it means is it's almost devoid or has little or no nitrogen. So it is a more beautiful and a brighter crystal. And that's why all your museum diamonds means if you went through the list of diamonds sitting all the museums, they'll actually be 2A. And this is the first time that women will wear those on their fingers. So you're talking about the, the Kohinoor is, yes. is, is a 2A. Absolutely. Type of diamond, the Elizabeth Taylor diamond as well. 2A, absolutely. This is quite incredible when when you talk about the fact that you know these this stacks up but we're talking here at a fraction of the cost so before we get to the cost <laughs> uh let's talk about how a lab grown diamond is in fact created because i saw the video and it's actually mesmerizing to see this stone come to life as it were absolutely See, that's the beauty of science today. You know, a lot of times people talk about, oh, so how's that possible? And when you get a chance, uh, you know, the video's on the website. um, And what goes in in two minutes, what you see is that a diamond, so let me walk you through the diamond growth. A diamond is born from a diamond. So an alter-created diamond, when we start, is a thin sliver or a slice of another diamond so the first ones were absolutely earth mine it was an earth mine type 2a diamond this is placed in a propriety chamber which is almost you can call it a reactor or a system which is as big as most people's dining uh, table and the facility is as big as about four acres of land so a lot of processing Uh, the chamber is closed and we pump in a propriety combination of gases Mm. the temperature is raised in the mid 13 to 1500 centigrade range and the carbon in the gases excites and starts bonding as a lattice a diamond is a lattice of carbon this lattice of carbon then bonds with the seed and it grows at a specific combination of temperature and uh, time we cool down the uh, chamber remove the diamond which is now an alter created rough diamond and then put it into processing. From here on, it's just like an earth mine diamond, and it's go- it goes for beautiful uh, cutting into a specific shape. One of the amazing things, or what I'm proud to say is, 
As a modern company, we use a lot of automatic robotic polishing so that the beauty of the crystal is enhanced at its most. So it, it, after it's grown, how long does it take for it to be grown? So if you look for a size somewhere around a one carat polished diamond, yeah. it would take about 26 days inside the chamber. The overall process is about eight weeks. 26 days, eight weeks compared to one to 30 billion years under the Earth's surface. It's quite incredible to think that this is where we're at with science. This is not a new thing, though. This is something that kind of started in the 50s. They were trying this out. But only now we're kind of getting to the level um, where we're producing. You're able to produce diamond, diamonds of this quality, right? Yeah, absolutely. The technology is originally was born uh, by, uh, with General Electric in the early uh, 50s, but took almost 65 years to get to a point that we can actually produce gem quality diamonds uh, that are then crafted into beautiful jewelry. And I, I think at the end of the day, it's she who gets the size of her dreams. And that's what we're focused on. That's what uh, you uh, talk about quite often, you know, in terms of uh, it's the choice, being able to have that choice and to be able to afford that choice. So we are going to come back in just a moment, uh, Amish, and talk about that. Talk about the value of these diamonds uh, as compared to the mined ones, uh, the advantages, the disadvantages maybe of buying a lab-grown diamond. There's a lot to talk about here, we've got uh, Amisha in the studio, the CEO of Alter Created Diamonds. More on Life Beats next. This is Pulse 95. Life Beats with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. Talking uh, the difference between uh, mined and lab-grown diamonds with uh, Amish Shah, he is here. And Amish, uh, the, the, the argument that a lot of people put up uh, when talking about the difference between the two yes we've established that they look the same um, they have the same physical qualities but people like for example um, Alyssa Maseev she is the queen of natural diamonds um, and she is a purist you know you could call her somebody who's uh, very much a purist when it comes to thinking and, and looking at diamonds she says that it's not the same thing you know maybe um, a, a lab grown diamond is composed of the same elements however when you put it in your hand there's an energy in that stone there is something about that stone that speaks to you there's a romance and there's a magic of knowing that that stone came from deep down in the earth was formed over billions of years that you know it doesn't sound as exciting when you say to someone that's that was created in a lab the energy and the romance is between two people the energy comes from how she either, if she bought it for herself, or the feelings that he and her share. Romance is not caused by a diamond, because it could have been just another gemstone. It's about how she feels for him and how he feels for her. So when we talk the difference between an earth mind or a created, I think sometimes we forget that what's most important is how she feels when she wears a larger and a more beautiful diamond. Mm. You know, it's that moment when she turns from an ordinary girl into a princess. <laughs> because that's the moment he proposed to her. That's the moment he gave her a gift. And it's not always also only about engagement. You know, mm. most people focus on that. A diamond is a representation 
of emotion and represents a lot many times a moment. It could be a gift from a father to a daughter, from a student to a teacher, and every single one, that moment is what the diamond captures. The price you pay at a store is purely transactional. And that is the big difference that Created is starting to highlight on. Okay, so, but when you buy diamonds, you know, diamond jewelry, um, if you're buying uh, mine diamonds, there is, people say, well, that's rare. You know, this is uh, a rare uh, piece of jewelry. This is a rare stone. You're buying lab-grown. As time goes on, particularly with countries like China, you know, De Beers is, is investing so much money into lab-grown diamonds as well. That loses its value quite quickly because they're so going to be saturated. The market is going to be saturated with these kind of diamonds. So what would you say to that? With over 150 million carats that are coming into the system each year from the earth mine category, I'm almost, I'm sometimes stunned hearing the word rare because I, it's simple. Every other girl has one and we still term it rare. Mm. How is it rare? You could walk down the street to a mall and every store will show you a few hundred diamonds when you're looking to buy one. I think it's great marketing and uh, I respect uh, the years and years of marketing that have been put forward. But today's consumer it does ask questions and they're looking at choice you know uh, if she can get a two carat diamond well she could have just got a 1.2 1.3 it's larger more beautiful and it's everything a diamond can be only better we should let the consumer decide mm. and if we look at last three years of us being in the market in stores she is making the decision they are making the decision. What is what is kind of the growth that you've been seeing? Let's take a look at that, and then let's talk a little bit in more detail about the price comparison. You know, between the two, the two. Uh, the growth has been exponential, uh, like any uh, disruptive uh, category. Uh, we, by the end of this year, will have a footprint uh, that is contracted for about eight hundred stores, and. As a startup, we grew about nine times. I, I think right now, almost being able to say like how fast we're growing would stun people because Morgan Stanley and Citibank said it would be a billion dollar category in five years. And I think they were wrong because it's growing faster because it's the consumer that's making the decision, not the trade, not the growers, not the miners. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, in today's world, the power is in the hands of the consumer. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's about what the consumer wants. Yeah. They make the choice at the end of the day. Okay, so when I go into a jewelry store and I'm looking at the difference in uh, price, okay, we've looked at the difference in in how they look, you know, how, how they are. Uh, diamonds created and mined, they look the same. You can't actually tell the difference. Can a jewel jeweler tell the difference? Without sophisticated equipment, no. Okay, you need a special light light box, I think. It's not even a light box. Typically, there are certain equipments uh, that are required. Mm -hmm. And if you need it almost like close to 100%, you would need like a spectrophometer or equipment that costs over $100,000 to really guarantee that they're different. Okay, all right. So, it's, <laughs> to understand the difference, 
you can't with the naked eye. Okay. So, but in terms of price difference, so talk us through that. When I walk into a jewelry store, what will I be getting? I think as a modern company, the concert is about bringing value to the consumer. Mm. Um, she gets almost a 50% larger diamond for the same money she spends. So if uh, relative, depending on the currency, if she was look, buying a one carat diamond or for herself, or he was going to buy her a one carat diamond, in an altar created, she would almost get a 50% larger diamond. Almost a 50% larger diamond. That's incredible for the same price. I yes. love it. We get it. We're going to talk a little bit more about this uh, in just a sec. I'm going to ask you about um, colored diamonds, whether you do colored diamonds, what kind of variations we're looking at here. Uh, you're also here uh, for a conference where you're going to be debating those who are in the mind uh, diamond industry as well. There's uh, a lot to cover here, plus trends, trends in uh, the diamond and jewelry market right now. That's all coming up on Life Beats on Pulse 95. You're listening to Pulse 95. Keeping it local, all day, every day. Live Beats with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. I tell you what, this is a, an incredibly fascinating discussion here with uh, Amishah. He is the CEO of Alter Created Diamonds. Learning so much here, uh, Amish. Uh, talk to us about the colored diamonds that you create and some of the really special pieces because, yes, you know, you can go to your website and you'll see, you know, diamond jewelry that we've, that is quite classic, but actually, you've done some unbelievable stones. Let's talk about that. So, let me start with the uh, first one that we unveiled last year, which was a very proud moment. Um, we unveiled the world's largest pink created diamond uh, at the Berkshire Hathaway shareholder event uh, with our retail partner Borsheims, who also was the first retailer in America to bring Alter to the marketplace. This uh, is the Pink Rose. The we pink. heard all about it at the time, but I didn't realize it was yours. Yes, the Pink Rose that was beautiful and pink is a girl's color and pink diamonds which are actually rare in nature and difficult to find are also just as tough when you grow them because a pink diamond is born as a disruption of a crystal and that's the same uh, on the side of growing but what's important here is you know we talk about desire and the desire for pinks and blue diamonds how do you get that color like what's the, what happens in in the growth process to get the colors the blues and the pinks the blues and the pinks during a growing process um there's a certain proprietary uh, again process of disruption in the crystal uh you can't reveal too much we know but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pushed through yeah. to uh get the color the beauty is that even in as we grow for every hundred diamonds I think probably a couple of them end up being pink to a beautiful pink that she would love to wear on her finger. Mm. So it still stays difficult uh, to put, bring to the market. But the pink rose was one of the very beautiful ones. And then we consistent, you know, jewelry's about adorning beauty. Mm. And Created Diamonds gives you the opportunity to actually be far more creative. So as a family, we have 48 patents on 
diamond uh, cuts that are cut to enhance the brilliance of a diamond. And each year we make a few pieces of jewelry like this year uh, at one of the again Berkshire Hathaway events had a beautiful 35 carat necklace with a little over 500 diamonds in a few shapes to create a beautiful necklace. The very first year, we had another 36 carat necklace, which was one of the first in the world because in 2016, 2017, people were still trying to think, okay, what do we do with this? And uh, we were already thinking, we have a gentleman in New York, Lloyd Pasek, who's actually a couture designer and uh, I think he's consistently thinking, what's two years from now? Um, for uh, Bespoke, we do a lot of jewelry. So when we think about it, I think what Created has brought is an opportunity for her to actually think and get what she imagines. Right. So you've got pieces that you do sell um, you know, within your designs, but you also do the Bespoke pieces for your customers who have special orders of of whatever it is that they like. Tell us about some of the most special orders that you've had. So we had a special order from a lady from Texas and um, she'd seen a design with a beautiful flower and it was like a I think it was 1.5 to 2 carats and she's like I want big and the store's like so how big? She's like big and we ended up designing a 4 carat flower for her um, we're currently cutting something very interesting is a horse head. What? The head of a horse, a beautiful horse. Uh, it takes a little over a month because it's completely hand cut. About a three carat diamond that will be uh, like a shield of a horse. Because we have the opportunity to create. Um, we've done a starfish. Uh, I'm in UA, means I don't have it today, but... Uh, Another diamond that's been cut is actually a falcon. Amazing. So this is one of the amazing things that Created brings to the table is the opportunity to imagine. Mm. It's not only about how it's grown, but it's about how it's cut. Uh, this summer um, at the uh, largest convention that happens in U.S., uh, as a leader, it becomes a responsibility to consistently evolve and innovate. We unveiled a diamond with hearts and arrows, which a lot of consumers have heard about, you know, when you see the design in the hearts and arrows, but a diamond that has 97% light return. And that... What, like, does that mean, you know, that the light return... Are you talking about the the way it reflects, the way it sparkles? What does that even mean? So think about it. When you're wearing a diamond in yeah. a finger and yeah. your eyes, the camera, light goes in and refracts back. You know, people call it brilliance and beauty, sparkle. I think that's what yes. she calls it, a sparkle. <laughs> think about if you could get almost 97% of that light sparkle back to your eyes. You know, typical diamonds are between 50 and 70, even if they're fine cut. I means hitting 90 is like benchmarking. And Alter is right now working that, what if we make 97% as a minimum benchmark? And this is the beauty of created technology and artistry. You get exactly what you want. It's it's magical. It's really incredible. But uh, let's touch on a couple of things in terms of, um, you know, you've got a presence all over the world now. I want to talk about different cultures who are 
you know, how they're interested in diamonds and the differences of, of what they're asking for. So talk to me about Japan, for in- instance. This is not one that I expected. So I think the first time we uh, went to Japan and uh, the team was like, you know, you know, we should exhibit and start talking about it. And most of us were like, listen, they're purists. Yeah. They're never going to touch this. But I think within the first few hours of the convention, we learned that while they're purists, they understand the magic of science. Their lives are surrounded, their culture is surrounded with science. And it was it was that magic before seeing the film. And after the film, it was a he or a she. The complete reaction was different. Even there is reports done uh, by uh, like agencies that show that the Asians, uh, people in UAE, China, Australia, are actually far more open-minded than people in the Western world think. I think the big difference is you have to come and tell them what it is and what is their choice. And I think almost everybody will be pleasantly surprised. And I can tell you for the experience I'm having is you'll be pleasantly surprised how open-minded they are when you enable them to make their choice. Well, they love tech. We know that. They love anything that is cutting-edge technology as this is. And they love a quest for perfection. So when you bring those two together and the creativity, I guess, behind it as well, that would be something that they look for. Because, you know, we can't forget this part of the world actually is far more uh, creative Mm. in terms of what they can imagine. Uh, two weeks ago, I was in Poland when we uh, launched with one of the uh, largest heritage jewelers. And uh, when I was at the event, and you know, it was, I don't speak local Polish language, uh, and I had a colleague with me helping out on that. But when I saw the faces of the girls who were trying on these pieces, pink diamonds, blue diamonds, white diamonds at W. Crook, which is uh, the retail group, I was like, wow, she doesn't need a language. That sparkle is the language because when she puts it on her finger and she smile, that's the princess that's it. he looks for. That's it. That's that's what sets it all off. But you kind of uh, touch on something uh, interesting here. Um, you know, you get the sparkle, you get the shine, you get all of it. But um, what we talk about a lot with the lab-grown diamonds is the cost, that it's a lot cheaper. So is this something that only is disrupting the lower end of the market? Like you said, you know, there are the purists that are looking for the mined diamonds. Are they part of this disruption or, you know, what is it like? So there's two parts. Interestingly, this is actually for every eight segment Mm. and every income or uh, wealth segment because a created diamond is for the couple that is getting engaged at 25 and a created diamond is for the couple that's celebrating the 25th anniversary. Very importantly, because a girl at every age desires the largest and the most beautiful diamond. Mm. We had a consumer about uh, a few weeks ago at one of the Hellsberg stores in US. He was 89 years old. The salespeople specifically noted and informed like 89-year-old gentleman because he wanted to get her the largest and the most beautiful diamond. Wow. So I think that's, that's the cux of it is how she feels. 
That's it's it's very emotional. It's an emotional uh, purchase, uh, but we are talking all things diamonds here uh, with uh, Amish Shah. Uh, coming up, uh, I need to talk to you about your background because it's amazing. Your family's background in the jewelry industry, in diamonds as well, um, uh, and also we're going to be talking about what's next for Alter. Lots more coming up here on Life Beats. The heart of Shaja. This is Pulse ninety five. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Talking uh, to Amish Shah, CEO of Alter. Amish, uh, what's interesting about you is uh, that your family has an incredible background. You know, you're not just an entrepreneur who kind of saw a gap in the market and just kind of went for it. You have a deep, deep knowledge in this industry and in this area. Talk to us about that. I think it was. Our family's been in business uh, of fine jewelry and diamonds uh, for 85 years. Um, I'm third generation, and when you're born in the business, I think um, when you're almost like a child running around home, um, you get to play with jewelry, <laughs> and you watch your father actually <laughs> take you to the factory and say, listen, this is how we make jewels. Do you have sisters? Uh, just one brother. Oh, my gosh. What a shame. Imagine, you know, being a little girl and just running around that factory. and just. Well, we going. have two daughters in the family. Oh, my gosh. One of whom, and I would really love to mention, she's nine. She just presented in her school how her daddy grows diamonds. That is the coolest thing. And she told me when I was uh, home, she's like, can you get me a pink diamond? <laughs> and she's nine. Oh, you are in trouble, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> so at the age of 12. Uh, What's I her name? We have to g- give a shout out. Kyra. Kyra. Oh, amazing. That's beautiful. Yeah, go ahead. So at the age of 12, I was teaching computers in India. Uh, The state of Gujarat had two computers at that time. Uh, Our school was one of them to have. At the age of 13, I wrote a book on coding, and uh, I think I was getting very deep into it. But then, uh, you know, we're very traditional. And my grandfather said, listen, you're born in the jewelry business. You're going to stay in the jewelry business. So I never went back to computers, but uh, I think your passion never leaves you. Um, Left my family in 2000 to find something and do something different because the jewelry business was probably getting a little boring because it was the same way everybody did it. Granddad did it, dad did it, and they expected me to do it. Right. Uh, Came to America in 2000, met a Jewish family, um, and he gave me the opportunity to uh, you know, start working. I think when you, when you've left home, you look for a job. Mm. I think that's the first thing you mm. do. But what was interesting, as I learned him, was he was very open-minded. And in 2006, um, we first time brought created diamonds to the market, already with fine jewelry. Um, by the time I started in 1992 which is about 26 years ago in fine jewelry. Mm. And what we had learned was she wears a beautiful piece of jewelry. Diamonds are a raw material. Jewelry is really the beautiful piece she wants. Yeah. Um, In 2006, uh, I would say almost everybody was laughing at the convention. And they were like, oh, that's not possible. And I learned that, wait a second, this is almost the reason I had left home because this industry doesn't get it. They're skeptic, but they're not even asking the consumer. 
does the what does the consumer think? Uh, of course, it took a few years. Uh, we were blessed. Uh, we took over the business in 2011 from that family, and with my brother and the blessings of my father, um, we came and started building this. And in 2016, Alter was born to talk to the consumer and tell the consumer that now they have a choice. Mm. So it was being born in fine jewelry. being in tech doing crazy tech stuff from overclocking computers for fun on the weekend cuz this is the 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 amazing thing you know your family business also deals in in mine diamonds as well but you're out there you know doing your own thing um in lab grown diamonds and it looks like you know changing the minds of consumers and changing an entire industry which is incredible um you're here actually you're going to be uh, at the diamond conference that is happening in the UAE and you're going to be debating those who are uh, in the industry in the mine diamond industry as well absolutely i think uh, i'm thankful to DMCC to invite me and give the opportunity to have an open conversation because the industry needs to move towards the future you know we can respect the past that we came from but it's time to move to the future and the open mindedness is required and i think uh this is the first time in the world that i am aware of that a created diamond category uh leadership has been called on the table to actually speak and openly have a conversation because i believe it's time you know just like every industry it's time and speaking of the future what's next for alter what are you guys working on next how big first of all can these diamonds get at this time we're in the 6 carat polish 6 carat okay i think we're aspiring uh just go bigger but one of the great things that uh as a company we want to work on is work on the diamond crystal because the diamond crystal can be used in many other processes uh like polishing your phone screen actually lab grown diamonds are used water purification plants so there's a lot more uses to it and uh, i think just like every company today uh we want to expand that and also do the best we can uh we work hard to keep a low carbon footprint uh for our entire processes you know it's everything's above the earth we use 100% recycled gold for all our jewelry really yes that so is so interesting you're a modern company because um you know one of the things that uh, is often talked about as well which we didn't get to with mine diamonds is the transparency and understanding you know the origins of the diamonds that is actually really difficult but obviously with a lab grown you know all of that yeah and that's the reason we say the consumer is asking for authenticity today mm. for everything they consume and with alter with created diamonds they have the opportunity they have the transparency and it's almost i'm leading to the point for a consumer to ask is why should i buy or wear or experience the earth mine diamond you know it's there was a point when i came to market and people like why you but today because the consumer is going to start asking is why an earth mine diamond give me a reason Yeah. It is so interesting. We could really just talk to you for hours. Uh but I'm excited to see that you're working on uh things that are much bigger than the jewelry industry with diamonds. This is super fascinating. We may need to have you come back again Absolutely. and talk about that and talk about, you know, the different uses that you can have for lab grown diamonds, but it it has been fascinating. It's been eye-opening. 
uh, amazing discussion. Thank you so much. I'm Michelle. Thank you so much for the opportunity. More to come right here on Life Beats on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10 a.m.